Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest vodcast. And this is going to be on the adrenal gland. We've spoken on the adrenal many times before, but this is an updated talk. And I gave this talk at the University of Pennsylvania imaging course in July 2017 in Martha's Vineyard. And now I'm giving the talk in Baltimore, Maryland at CTSS headquarters. It's much nicer in Martha's Vineyard, let me tell you the truth. Anyway, this is going to be a pragmatic approach. And I always like to make the point that at the end of the day, the adrenal gland is scanned on every abdominal CT, and it's scanned almost on every chest CT, which means at the end of the day, the majority of lesions that we find in the adrenal are incidentalomas. Yes, we do see metastasis from lung cancer, melanoma, renal cell carcinoma. Yes, patients with suspected hormonal abnormalities, thin Cushing's, thin pheochromocytoma, will have adrenal tumors. At the end of the day, most of the lesions are going to be benign. And so a strategy is to think of things that way. It also makes the point, as we'll discuss in a moment, that clinical history is very important. Incidental finding, four centimeter or less adrenal lesion in a patient with no known malignancy, no known hormonal abnormalities, 99.9% .9 chance is a benign lesion. Now we know the adrenal glands have variable shapes. They're typically thin. Uh, sometimes the limbs are thicker than other times. Sometimes they're longer than other times. There's variability between the right adrenal and the left adrenal. You can see it nicely here, just classic right and left adrenal glands. The adrenal glands we don't think about as enhancing, but they do enhance. And we know this as we speak about adenomas, they enhance, but also the normal glands enhance, and they enhance a minimal amount. If the glands are supervascular, looking like the aorta, that's a patient with shock. So one thing we'll t mention at least, and we won't go into great detail, is adrenal enhancement. The shape is the same, but look how bright the adrenals are. This was initially described in pediatric trauma, and this is such a case. It's severe trauma. This patient has multiple organ injuries, as well as a defect in the abdominal wall with protrusion of the small bowel through the abdominal wall. But again, what's most impressive are those adrenal glands. Now, it doesn't have to be pediatric patients. Here's an adult patient with trauma. You see the pneumothorax, the pulmonary contusions. There's blood in the abdomen, and there's very bright adrenal glands. So we know this patient is hypotensive. There have been several articles written to figure out why you get this bright adrenal glands. Perhaps it's a sign of hyperperfusion in the early stages of shock due to the crucial role of the adrenal in this clinical situation. This may not persist with further circulatory compromise due to vasoconstriction. If confirmed, this recognition has potential value of identifying a therapeutic window before reversible shock sets in. And so one point we always do make is you want to recognize these bright adrenals because it's not only trauma patients. Sometimes we see ICU patients, and we see these bright adrenals, and we know, as this quote says, the patient's unwell. It may be a sign of impending shock. So often we can tell the referring clinicians, hey, this patient is really doing badly. Look at these adrenals. You better watch out. The patient may become uh, really hypotensive momentarily. It's also a poor prognosis, so it's very important. Again, um, it's something we don't see that commonly, but it's something to be aware of. 
Now, if we get away from just looking at the adrenal enhancement, we typically talk about adrenal masses, and that's really what we're going to talk about for the next couple lectures. When we look at adrenal masses, I mentioned a few moments ago, history is important. You tell me the patient has lung cancer and they got a mass, I'm telling you it's metastasis. You tell me the patient's hypertensive and they got a mass, I'm saying pheo. You're saying the patient has uh, high-density glands bilaterally, I'm saying this patient must have Addisonian crisis. So there are a number of things we can think about. And we look at adrenal size, we look at unilateral versus bilateral. Um, truth is many things are bilateral. Metastases are bilateral, pheos are bilateral, adenomas are bilateral, cysts are bilateral. So bilateral doesn't help all that much. Attenuation, the presence of fat or calcification, and enhancement all become very important factors. Presence of fat, particularly with calcification, myelolipoma. Enhancement pattern, we'll talk about how pheos look, we'll talk about how adenomas look, we'll talk about not only enhancement, but we'll talk about washout value, we'll talk about attenuation. As I mentioned a few moments ago, also we talk about functioning tumors. So again, history is critical. Somebody with a nodule who's Cushing's, that's coming out. Kahn syndrome, primary aldosteronism. We look for small under one centimeter nodules. And pheochromocytomas, which 90% of the time occur in the adrenal gland, but 10% of the time are extra adrenal. Now, one of the challenges for everybody is what's called incidentalomas. And that means as I'm scanning you for one of a million reasons and I find an adrenal lesion. The question is, is it important? Do I need to work it up? Do I need to do something? Or can I just describe it and let it go? That's a good question. Many different organizations have given their opinion about this. In fact, the most recent articles from some of the uh, endocrine societies say, oh my God, every single person with an incidental lesion needs to be worked up because perhaps we're picking up an incidental problem. On the radiology side and most other organizations will say, hey, is it incidental finding leave it alone, do not work the person up. Now, you can see that as scanners get better, we see more incidental omas. It's greater than 5% these days compared to the older literature. And again, as I mentioned, if there's no history of malignancy, this article by Song made the point, no history of malignancy, incidental mass, everything was benign, adenomas or myelolipomas. Even incidentally detected masses with attenuation above 10 were benign in patients with known malignancy. And Song concluded that follow-up imaging to characterize a mass appears to have a limited role in the patient with no known malignancy. Now, of course, you can argue and somebody will say as well, maybe now that I know there's something there, I'll find the malignancy. Should I work the patient up? That's, and in some sense, that's circular reasoning. But every once in a while, the adrenal, maybe you'll see metastasis, is the first site of disease. We speak about adrenal hemorrhage. Uh, that at times is metastatic disease to adrenal. It's the first site of disease. So although we are very cavalier, perhaps, about no known malignancy, it's benign, you always have to worry about the other way around. And again, Song is very much in her article um, being very clear that it has a limited role, that's not always the case.
Now, in looking at the adrenals, Mel Karopkin, who passed away a few months ago, was a great guy. And he was interested in the adrenal. And he was looking and trying to figure out how we can determine benign from malignant. What lesions needed to be followed versus what lesions did not need to be followed. And his articles in the beginning spoke about non-contrast CT, high sensitivity, high specificity. And he basically said 10 Hounsfield units or less, 4 cm or less, it's an adenoma. You can stop at that point. Now, of course, that relied on the fact you had non-contrast CT, but most people these days get contrast. And so contrast creates all sorts of issues in many cases. So if I show you this case and I ask you what the lesion is, you'd say three centimeters, right adrenal, it's measuring um, a mean of zero. This is an adenoma, okay? I agree. But if you would have taken that adenoma and given IV contrast, which we did because this was a renal protocol, now the lesion all of a sudden is 64 Hounsfield units. 64 you worry about. So if I only started with the contrast study and I had 64, what do I do? Do I need to worry? Do I need to evaluate the patient further? Can I do nothing? Now one rule we'll find is if you had a non-contrast, a zero non-contrast, out rules everybody else. It's the wild card. It always wins. But it's important to recognize that adrenal lesions do enhance. And the articles have then looked at what happens if you track them out, and invariably they wash out. So people have come to conclusions that the way to look at the adrenals is to look at the washout value, and particularly in patients with lipid poor adenomas. And this article by Solar uh, looked at adrenals and looked at washout. And in 30 minutes, all adenomas had attenuation less than 37 Hounsfield units, all non-adenomas greater than 41. So what they suggested was just do a 30-minute scan and see what the number is, above 41 or under 37. And that's a reasonable strategy, but keeping people around for an hour is not a really good strategy. Um, Keoli wrote some additional work, high sensitivity, high specificity, and they were looking at a combination of non-contrast and delayed enhanced scans. They were looking at washout values. And so what they did is they said, we need to look at the initial scan. We need to see where it enhances to, then bring the patient back in 15 minutes and see what happens. And so what happens is that Adrenal lesions, as we showed a few examples, often enhance. But when they're benign adenomas, they de-enhance. Now, not every adenomas will be high density, but some of them will be. Now, if you have a high density lesion and it doesn't wash out, then you know you're dealing with a problem and that lesion may need to come out. But it's, again, this absolute washout value. What's happening over time that becomes critical? Now, I mentioned we do 15-minute delays. Some people said 30. 15 works really well. And people have tried to do less, 5 minutes and 10 minutes, because every minute on the table costs you another patient. But even a 10-minute delay, the test accuracy was only 77%, so significantly lower, so really not worth the risk. And Sagawaya had the conclusion that 10-minute delays have reduced sensitivity, uh, and uh, the sensitivity is 
suboptimal and it's just not enough time for the IV contrast material to wash out from benign lesions. Blake made the point, which I made before, is pre-contrast attenuation of under zero supersedes the profile of enhancement. And we do know that lesions can enhance 60 or 70 or 80 Hounsfield units. Most of them wash out. But again, it's a good point. Be careful about that. Um, another point by Blank, non-calcified, non-hemorrhagic adrenal lesions with pre-contrast of attenuation of more than 43 should be considered suspicious malignancy. So in his data, what they looked at is with contrast, what's the scoop? And the scoop was that um, the benign th lesions were under 37. 37 to 43 is what people would say is no man's land, over 43 is a tumor, and sure enough, they had very good results that it was over 43, it was going to be a tumor, so very important. A couple examples, non-contrast left adrenal, well-defined water density, round, should be benign, measure six. There it is with contrast, 67. There it is on venous phase, 56, and delayed phase 16 or 18, depending where you measure. And just a beautiful example showing you 6 to 67 down to 18. So we talk about lesions washing out more than 50% or 60%. Here's a very nice example. Think 67 to 18. Another example. One of the things this washout value works very nicely in is patients who had lipid poor adenomas. So here the non-contrast is 24. It goes up to 56 and comes back to 28. Now, the only lesion that could wash out quickly and drop 50% would be a pheo, but those things are so vascular, we never consider anything above 110 to be anything but an adenoma, and above 110, um, whatever. Now, this case is very nice. Again, 58 or 56 down to 28. Very nice washout value. And here's just another example of that same case. And this case does make the point that you need to give the, the patient, the images, enough time. Uh, rushing, which we all like to do, is not going to help because you're not going to have a good washout. So again, uh, 15 minutes is the minimum you could use. So that's a word to the wise. Okay, what else? Well, when we look, and here's just one more example, on the arterial phase, 81, later phase, 42. Okay, so some facts to remember. I mentioned about pheos. Um, pe when people wrote articles about CT and washout, why did they mention pheos? Well, the reason was everybody would say as well, pheos are easy to detect, and so what we do is we excluded them from the numbers. Well, you know, that's not always so easy. Sometimes pheos are very difficult to detect. And here's just a good example. Right adrenal gland, what's going on in that right adrenal? It's exceedingly unimpressive. There's a nodule, maybe one centimeter. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's an adenoma. But it measures 50, so I can't call it an adenoma. I give contrast to adrenal protocol. It's 164. Oh, my goodness. That's a neuroendocrine tumor. There it is. Even though we have washout values, the thing is it's going to be... Um, highly suspicious, uh, and so again, we talk about washout values. The lesion on non-contrast wasn't very impressive, 
but it was a pheochromocytoma when you give IV contrast. So the IV contrast does add a lot to the story. Um, people have shown this article we wrote for indeterminate adrenal masses identified by dual phase CT, higher enhancement during the arterial phase, arterial phase levels above 110, and lesion heterogeneity should prompt you to be thinking about pheochromocytoma. Now, it's interesting, pheos, we think about very bright arterial phase imaging, about a quarter of the cases are very bright early, 25 in venous phase, and the rest of them going to be later on. Now, we have also looked at this whole area of incidentalomas. You need to be very careful. And again, you could be thinking of um, perhaps, you know, the patient uh, could have a pheochromocytoma. Again, our rule is that if you give IV contrast and it goes above 110, surely above 120, you got to be thinking pheo to prove it otherwise. Um, you can have real catastrophes if we don't think about that. And again, uh, it's a very important finding to think about. Example here, non-contrast adrenal lesion 39. There it is 39. There it is 121 Hounsfield units. There it is here, 85 Hounsfield units. So again, you can see the washout value. Now, one of the things we then speak about when we get past adrenals, there are other benign lesions. You know, we always think about adenomas, but there are f plenty of benign lesions. There are adrenal cysts, adenomas, and the like. And let's get to them in a couple of minutes. Thanks.